Hello and welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the MediaBias.com. Joining me today is TJ. Hello! And I am Chris. Um, a little under the weather right now, so forgive me if you hear some sniffling, maybe some coughing. Uh, it's just, you know, gotta do the damn thing. Because um, I can't do it a lot. <laughs> I tried once for five minutes and it fucking sucked. <laughs> um, yeah, we are no good... I almost said vloggers, but vloggers like heavily implies the V part of it. Um, audio loggers, radio, <laughs> augers? radio humans, we're augers. Um, but anyway, we've been having discussions on our Facebook groups and on our uh, personal chats with each other, all the talky talkers. <laughs> we've been talking uh, about just how uh, snowed under we feel with. All the television that's out. So, TJ and I decided that with a um, a riderless uh, a group today, with just just the duo, that we <clears throat> do that. We just talk about the TV shows that are out. Yeah. Well, we talked uh, when Game of Thrones ended. We did a, like a whole episode on what was going to fill that void, and we had a bunch of guesses, and we were all right. <laughs> it seems there's a bunch of shit filling the GOT void. Yeah. Uh, not exactly sure what the water cooler show is since I haven't been to work in a while. I'm fresh <laughs> off my honeymoon, so. Um, I, but I do think that the the, the, the few shows we're going to talk about today uh, have filled that void, at least in my mind. Uh, it's three shows that I'm super excited about um, week to week. Yeah. Um, so, heavy spoilers. And this is your one warning, and the warning is for all three of these shows. So there will be timestamps for each. If you want to skip the discussions, um, then you can. But we're going to be talking uh, Disney Plus and The Mandalorian. Yeah. We're going to talk His Dark Materials. Yeah. And we're going to talk The Watchmen. Boo. I'm just kidding. It's good. <laughs> it's good. They're all good. And then we're going to get into our usual shtick, talk about some reality shows that are out, and uh, uh, we'll do some breezy and then tell you what to watch. Breezyless breezy. Yep. But anyway, here we go. Let's talk about The Mandalorian. Um, that timestamp is two minutes and 55 seconds. Not that it helps if you're listening to that. No, it does. But if you've listened to this point and you don't want to hear about The Mandalorian... We should just announce random times throughout the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Just, yeah. But anyway... And now we talk about the baby Yoda species at 3.15. Better than I thought it was going to be. The Mandalorian was really good so far. Yeah, I was a little worried when they were talking about it... That it was going to be kind of a darker, grittier look, and uh, and that Disney Plus was going to be capped at PG thirteen, no rated R content. Right. That seems like a difficult line to straddle, uh, especially when you've got a host of movies coming out saying like, "We need that rated R headspace." Uh, movies like Logan and Joker um, in franchises which typically have done the PG thirteen and tried to be. Uh, a little grittier, but then just turned into just you know edgy high school shit. Yeah, uh, but I think that this is a this is a really good outing for uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, it's uh, they seem to have got the right showrunners involved. I don't know how else to like describe how the show's good. It's created well. Um, so far, I mean, the acting's fine. Yeah. Uh, the special effects don't look stupid. Right. Um, the plot's cool enough. Yeah. Like, nothing is like knocking it out of the park. It's just like, oh, all put together, it's really fun. Yeah. It's this. Uh, the other worry that I had was that we are going to go into this like the movie Solo, and, it's, and you're going to watch it and be like, why did we need that movie? Um, but with this, they, I think they picked a topic that was vague enough in the mythology but also had enough lore that could be expanded upon that keeps it interesting for star wars and non-star wars fans alike like i know you said that that your partner has been enjoying it and yeah i know we talked to breezy's wife and she was saying that that she thinks that it is the perfect uh vessel for star wars stuff for people who don't really give too much of a shit about star wars yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to her, like, if you're starting this as a Star Wars nut, which I feel like most people that like Star Wars are, uh, then you get this, like, 
you know, when we're watching The Last Jedi or Force Awakens, we're not ingesting TIE Fighters and lightsabers and the Force and all this shit. We know all that shit exists. To not know that exists would be exhausting in a right. three-hour movie. Um, and The Mandalorian gives it to you in nice small doses with, like, fun comedic relief yeah. in between. Um, the MacGuffin, I guess, which is weird to say because it's, like, a really big thing is uh, what Chris was referring to earlier. Uh, we don't even know what the species is called yet. But yeah. uh, whatever Yoda and Yaddle are. Did you know Yaddle was a thing? Nope. That's a female Yoda. She was in episode one only. <laughs> she looks real dumb. <laughs> um, but she just looks like a female green thing with long spiky ears. Cool. But uh, Werner Herzog's character, I think it's just the client. Yeah. Uh, hires our tile character. Yep. To go get a... Who right now is just the Mandalorian. Right. Off the grid. Bounty. And it ends up being a baby of whatever species Yoda is. Uh, obviously not Yoda. Uh, this is all set five years after the fall of the Empire. So, five years after Return of the Jedi. Right. And uh, and the creature is supposed to be in its 50s. It's 50s. And Yoda is... Seven to eight hundred years old. Nine hundred years old when he dies or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So... Uh, he's also dead. <laughs> so, there's that. It's not a Force Ghost baby. Yeah. If it was, it would be hard to wrangle, I would think. <laughs> um, but it's cool. Uh, even in the second episode, when Baby Yoda uses the Force and seemingly almost kills itself doing so. Yeah. Uh, I saw that coming, and it didn't annoy me when it happened. Yeah. It looked good. I was wondering in like plot narrative how they were going to tie in Yoda having to focus so hard in his 900s. Yeah. Like, pulling the X-Wing out of the swamp or whatever. Because um, he still looks like he's struggling with that then. Right. So, they did that well. They seem to have covered kind of all their bases. Yeah. Um, I guess if me and you disagree on anything, it's I like that the characters are rotating in and out so fast. And uh, you already miss a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. Nick Nolte's character, who I don't have the name in front of me, uh, but it's something that is probably, like, nigh unpronounceable. Um, but he, I, I really liked him. I thought that it was a, a good foil for cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That is cool. Um, but, uh, I thought it was a good foil for the Mandalorian. You know, the Mandalorian's very like, he, he, he's less stoic than I thought, which I really appreciate. Um, but he's still pretty like deadpan, you know, you never see his face. So it's kind of an expressionless world. That it's so far has just been desert spaceships and then like a helmet. Mm-hmm. And so then to have like people's features, you know, that's why Werner Herzog, I think, was a welcome touch. Um, the guy who I th- thought was Riz Ahmed, but is not. The scientist who busts in during the negotiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all these people uh, kind of add some life to it that I think that the, the Mandalorian character is missing. Um, and so the Nick Nolte's cool character, uh, was, was a, a good injection of personality that we otherwise don't have. Yeah. Um, and I still don't know if they're back or not. They're listed as co-stars and not guest stars. Like Horatio Sands has guest billing. He plays the blue bounty in the first episode. Right. Um, but Taika Waititi and... Nick Nolte have co-starring billing on the series. Yeah. So, I don't know if that means Nick Nolte was just going to be like prominently featured in two episodes and Taika Waititi was going to be prominently featured in one. Yeah. But he is playing a droid. So he could... Yeah, and the IG series of droids are famously their assassin droids. Right. Uh, so there could be an, any number of IGs that show up. Right. Um, and just like R2 and R4, they all fucking sound the same. Right. So, it's possible. Yeah. And I, don't, I feel like we haven't seen the end of Cool <laughs> Yeah. Guilty, but maybe we have. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we still haven't seen like the second build uh, person on the show, though. The the female lead from what I can tell is Gina Carano. Oh, yeah. The UCF fighter, I guess. She's some kind of fighter. UFC. Yeah. No, she fights the University of Central Florida <laughs> regularly. <laughs> she fought the whole fucking team. And, uh... Giancarlo Esposito, who I guess people would know best from Breaking Bad. Breaking yeah. Bad. Um, still hadn't shown up, as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, so it's... I, I'm really liking it. I, I 
on our group, I compared it to a movie that I don't think that people really know much about. But there's an old like Ronin uh, samurai series called Lone Wolf and the Cub that this is reminding me of. Nice. It's basically like a, a disgraced samurai has been tasked with like bringing this boy with him. And uh, people are trying to take the boy from him and kill him. Huh. And he, it's, he basically fights off bandits like movie by movie and he uh like slowly begins to teach the boy how to fight neat but it's cool stuff where like he'll use part of like the like the carriage that he's driving him in as a weapon or as like an obstacle or distraction but i'm getting heavy vibes from that and knowing john favreau is a huge film buff i don't doubt that it is both inspired by spaghetti westerns and the things that were inspired by spaghetti westerns, or inspired spaghetti westerns, which were old samurai films, right? Uh, it just makes sense to me. Yeah, no, it feels like a uh, like fistful of dollars movie. Yeah, so um, can't recommend it enough. I'm sure it'll keep being pretty good. Uh, I really like that it's loose tie-in to the Skywalker saga, and by loose, I mean like as loose as you can get, pretty much. Right. Um, the only question we're getting an answer for so far is what the fuck Yoda was. Right. Which is something that, like, we've all talked about and want to know more about that species, but never known. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Give a little answer out for Skywalker folks, but... Yeah. And also... Not necessary. And also, with Jango and Boba Fett, like, who were Mandalorians? Like, what is their... Right. Like, like, what's their deal? Like, why is their armor so iconic? What is that symbol on the flag? And so we're learning about the Beskar armor and the steel plate and... Apparently, them, you know, always carrying a weapon is part of their religious belief. Like, right. It's interesting, too, knowing that, you know, they cloned a Mandalorian for the clone army and the stormtroopers, what would go on to be the stormtroopers. But it's interesting that I always figured it was because Mandalorians are badass fighters, but apparently that's not the vibe I'm getting from the Mandalorians' first couple episodes. It's not like a genetic badass fighter. Right. It is the weapons and their use of them and training with them their entire lives that make them so badass. Yeah, and their crazy armor that, like, you know, people seem to... I mean, when he first encounters those thugs in the bar, they, like, scratch his chest plate asking if it's Beskar. And when it scratches, like, they know it's not. Right. So he's just got his helmet and his pauldron at this point. Um, So I wonder if that's going to come up, though, with the Mandalorian, like, or maybe they're looked at as not as like awesome as they used to be or maybe all the Mandalorian people think Django and then you know Bubba Fett dies you know five years before right the first episode of the Mandalorian well he doesn't die this is this is the most frustrating thing that I've ever read about Return of the Return of the Jedi is uh, I don't think he dies in the Sarlacc pit no George Lucas has said fuck this guy yes man. God he is it. People who complain about J.R.R. Tolkien who don't understand that George Lucas did the exact same shit. Uh, <laughs> he said that Boba Fett crawled out of the Sarlacc pit, but he didn't want to include that in the movie because then people would expect to see him later on. Well, That's how little respect he had for the audience yeah. <laughs> in that when he made that movie. That people couldn't understand that characters can live and just not be in the movie anymore. Yeah. But also, who cares? Your characters are only alive for as long as the movie starts and stops. I never got the Bubba Fett thing either, man. It was such like a fanboy, like, he looks so cool. It's because he was teased in the Christmas special, and people were like, oh, who is he? He's so mysterious. It's not that. And then they put him in return, and he was just like, all right, cool jetpack and, like, grappling hook thing, but then you got thrown into a pit, and Wilhelm screamed your way to presumably not death. Yeah, Django also died a really just uneventful, like, oh, you got your head chopped off by the best guy with the lightsaber ever. Yeah. Unsurprising. Yeah. Um, you should have flamed him more, I guess. <laughs> uh, taking the high ground or something. But the, the, <laughs> the thing that I kind of like, and this is where like being a Star Wars fan and watching this, and I'm not the world's best read Star Wars aficionado. I yeah. know you're not, but you know we, we know more than most people and less than most big Star Wars fans. Yes. But... I really like the idea that when they ask him, uh, when when they say, oh, Mandalorians never take their helmet off, I think that's kind of a fun thing if you think about how Django was the original template for the clone troopers. And so that culture of never taking your helmet and armor off 
pervades into stormtroopers are always wearing their helmets. And then when Finn takes his helmet off and Phasma's like, trooper, put your helmet on. It's more than just like someone telling a a soldier in Vietnam to put your helmet on because someone might shoot you in the head. It could also be that this culture that started with the Mandalorians, I guess it would be like a hundred years earlier when they first cloned stormtroopers. And I know now they're not uh, clones. Right. But like that could have been part of their like military code back then because they were all from a blueprint of the Mandalorian. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I'm also I'm gonna rewatch. Uh, there's a fun order I found on Reddit to rewatch Star Wars movies that I'm gonna watch before Episode Nine comes out in a month or so. Um, and now I'm interested to watch Episode Three, only for one reason. <laughs> the only reason before this I was uninterested in Episode Three. Yeah, but I want to see if they talk about him training them at all. I wonder if Django is training the clones, or if he's just being cloned right and then it's like hands off because they definitely know what the fuck they're doing like immediately right um so i'll look out for any dialogue referencing that because that would make sense too with all that yeah sneaking in through the empire to the first order and all that shit you talked about that's a good point that's interesting and then yeah i know that i've mentioned it i know breezy's planning on doing it but with disney plus all of the well i mean they were on netflix but all the animated series clone wars rebels um, all are on Disney Plus, so I think that that's going to be my big TV undertaking. Yeah, I've already uh, started. The movie is bad. The first Clone Wars movie. Okay. Um, it's like super kiddie. And that's the canonical start? Yes. Okay. But I would recommend reading the wiki on that. It just gets you introduced to, uh, not a, sh- a shotka? Yeah. She's, she's like the Jedi. She's main character. She's, well, it's... Her and uh, Anakin is essentially her okay. mentor. Okay. She's the apprentice for Anakin. Okay. Before the events of three. Um, and I have no idea what happened to her, but the Clone Wars TV show is great. I watched the first couple episodes. The first episode's a great watch. A uh, good, like, jumping off point to that. The animation's fine, but uh, the first episode is Yoda stuck in a pit with, like, three stormtroopers. And he's, like, trying to teach them ways of, like, patience and shit without them having any... Jedi know how and it's fun cool yep well yeah Mandalorian new episodes drop on Fridays yeah and the Star Wars movies are uh, if you've got a 4K TV or a 4K fire stick or whatever they're streaming on Disney Plus in 4K yeah so so a cool thing we noticed when we were we were trying to figure out like when the fuck these movies come out these these episodes come out because the first one came out on the Tuesday launch day that the, the, the that the product launched and then the next one came out the next Friday, so we we're you know two dots make a line, but they don't make a you know a pattern. Uh, so we looked at the third one coming out on Friday, and then we saw uh, the show was actually taking a break for the movie to come out. Uh, so uh, the last Skywalker is that what it's called? The Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker comes out uh, on a. Wednesday, presumably, with, like, early screenings and stuff. Right, and so, Thursday to the masses, Thursday night. And so the the day that it comes out, uh, episode 7 of Mandalorian comes out earlier that day, on the Wednesday. Yeah, and then we'll complete the Friday after Christmas, yeah. Yeah. Um, one other cool thing I want to mention, just because Favreau and Kathleen Kennedy did a cool thing, but the uh, members of the 501st Legion play all the Stormtroopers. And do you know what the Five of First Legion is? Yeah, I go to Dragon Con. Yeah. <laughs> you used to. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's um, a- that's super cool though. And apparently they get to wear their own shit. Yeah. It's like so good. <laughs> yeah. I've got a buddy who marches the five hundred and first. Oh yeah. yeah. I guess if you don't know, tell me what you know more about it. So you? it's it is basically a group of very impassioned cosplayers who all own like movie replica perfect um uh stormtrooper armor. Yeah. And every year at Dragon Con, which is our big nerd convention in Atlanta, that's all fan run. They have a parade on Saturday, and all the stormtroopers march together, and they call themselves the 501st. Um, but that's awesome. I mean, they've got. They're probably filming on sound stages down at Pinewood. Yeah, I had to guess. some shit. Yeah. Um, and so to, to bring them all down for that, that's awesome. Yeah. 
I am interested to know if we're going to see Pedro Pascal's face by the end of the uh, season. Ah, me and Bert talking about that. See that beautiful smile of his. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but anything else on Mandalorian? I don't think so. We were talking about filming in Atlanta if we want to segue to something else. Sure. Uh, so, uh, HBO's, uh, one of their new darling shows is uh, uh, The Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, um, which, like... Seconds from where Chris and I live. Yeah, we, we were. They didn't. You know, a lot of shows will give. Um, a lot of shows will give um, uh, like production treatment to the towns they film in, uh, but uh, this one did not. Uh, so they filmed a bunch of scenes in the Decatur Square downtown, and you can see Iberian Pig yeah. and Square Tavern. <laughs> yeah, like right next to each other. It's kind of neat. Yeah, uh, and a funny scene too. Yeah, uh, they have these. Uh, like phone booths they put up apparently you're led to believe after the events of the Watchmen film um, comic book yes right uh, and I only make that I, it's I, important don't yeah. want to be that guy <laughs> saying like the comic book was better but it is specifically the comic book because it involves the, the ending which was changed by Snyder and his team yeah uh, in the movie they made it a nuclear blast that went off as opposed to what it is in the comic books which is a squid, or a, a a being from another dimension that was alien in nature, uh, destroyed part of New York City. Right, and that's important because there is uh, Squidfall, which is it rains squid now. Yeah, there's like cleanup teams that work like garbage men running around cleaning up squids whenever that happens. Yeah, um, but there's so it, a really good line in episode two about that, uh, where they talk about the. Poor bastards just fall, die. They spend 30 seconds of their life dying. Yeah. Falling from another dimension. But yeah, so what, what, I cut you off, but yeah, there's those booths because after the, the squid invasion, uh, at the end of the, the graphic novel, uh, Manhattan goes and fucks off and lives on Mars forever. And so there are little phone booths where you can call and leave a message for Dr. Manhattan to listen to, which is amusing. And uh, Silk Spectre 2, uh, the comedian's daughter, is... Uh, is using one to call Dr. Manhattan because they were lovers for a period of time. Right. But, man, she's really good. Yeah, like, she's great. Like, I think Regina King's amazing. I don't think that that can be said enough. Right. But uh, the actress, whose name I don't know, uh, who plays Sarah Blake, is just really fucking good because she is more the comedian than she is Silk Spectre. Yeah, and, which is fun. It's just, it's it's a really funny dynamic uh Especially if, if what you know is the movie, then what I explained about the ending of the graphic novel is all you need to know for the difference, really. Um, but with Jeffrey Dean Morgan's uh, characterization of the Joker as the Joker, the comedian, as short as it was, uh, she plays kind of a, a perfect descendant, just kind of making light of all these really serious situations. Yeah. Um, Gene Smart is the actress's name. Gene Smart. Yeah. yeah. I think she's phenomenal. She is, yeah. The whole cast is good, man. I love the little... I love how they're setting up what Adrian Veet, yeah. played by Jeremy Irons, is doing. Uh, I feel like it's something that's we're not going to really know what's happening there until episode eight or whatever, and it's going to be. I have the feeling he is on his way to trying to destroy more. Yeah, uh, a second time. So in the book, he is he he succeeds in the in the movie too, kind of. Yeah, but in the book, he succeeds and lives. Yeah, um, Rorschach turns in his journal to uh, essentially like Breitbart. Yeah. Of the Watchmen universe. And uh, so in the movie, you get this vibe like, and then everything got blown up and, you know, they knew what happened. Right. But in the book and in the TV show, there's definitely, well, the TV show, obviously, but in the book, you get this vibe like, who the fuck would believe, nobody's going to believe this. Like, it's a crazy fucking dude writing a crazy letter to a crazy newspaper. Right. Who 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 is dead now. Right. Who was like, uh, like emotionally, mentally, physically abused his whole life. Was a violent sociopath, right? Uh, who like killed indiscriminately to meet his like twisted ends, right? And now he's writing this tell-all, which is like one hundred percent truth, uh, but is filled with all his like fucked up like pornographic thoughts. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like in reality, what would probably happen? You get this like rise up of fucking Breitbart loving fuckers that you know take Rorschach as this kind of. 
it's it's not like white supremacy in the book, but it is definitely obviously a you know yeah metaphor for that. But yeah, they, they have essentially their, hate cops, which yeah. is interesting too, because those people in the real world are like the cop supporters. Yeah, so it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> they've got their they've got their roots in the clan, but it's also not they they are not specifically only white nationalists. Right. They are almost like Rorschach separatists. Like I don't know right. I don't know what their vision of their nation state is, but it's not specifically just for white people. Right. There's also uh, like a that reparations ish tie in. Uh, they're called Red Red Redfordations. Redfordations. Because in the fiction of the universe, Robert Redford became president for thirty years. Yeah. After Nixon. Yeah. Was president for a long time. Yeah. Before that, I think Nixon was president till like eighty. Yeah. Yeah. He. It's. Yeah. The Watchmen universe is is set where uh, Richard Nixon declared war powers, uh, where he didn't have to. Uh, uh, Basically suspended elections uh, during the Cold War and saw it as a time of national emergency against rising tensions against Russia. Right. And so after Nixon uh, is uh, deposed, assassinated, I don't remember. He's not assassinated, but yeah, he Uh, he just dies. Yeah. Uh, Robert Redford gets elected president. Yes. The actor Robert Redford, in case you're confused. Yes. Um, Yeah. Redford in the fiction. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much he's, he's Reagan. Yeah. Um, but people who can trace their roots back to racial injustice in the United States through some like crazy gene sequencing can get a permanent government job and like money, and they're called Redfordations, and that's one of the huge things that the that the Seventh Cavalry opposes, like the Rorschach junkies, right? Um, yeah, and as uh, as you know, the bad as the movie The Watchmen was at times. Had one of the best opening scenes yeah. I've seen ever, and uh, so does the TV show. The scene of the Tulsa massacre is really well done. Yeah, I read about read up a bunch about Black Wall Street. That's like insane. I didn't know a ton about it. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it was essentially the first like booming black neighborhood in the country. Yep. Um, and then there was this crazy fucking massacre essentially that happened there in 1921. Yeah, and I never learned about that. <laughs> nope. That sucks. <laughs> But uh, really, really shot well. Yeah. Uh, and dude, I thought it was fiction until I looked it up. Yep. I didn't know what the fuck it was. Yeah. I felt bad for not knowing, but... Um, but it's a... <coughs> it's made... There's the showrunner is Damon Lindelof, who, if you know that name, you know it from Lost. Um, or if you listen to us a lot. Yeah. Our leftovers freak out. Yeah. Bad. Two years ago. So there is a lot of shit going on. Everything that we have said are all things that have happened in the show, which by the end of the show may be undone by some intergalactic cosmic, uh, like, ray, blast, field, whatever, because that's the kind of shit Lindelof is into. Um, But this has got that kind of weird... uh, Like, I've got that weird feeling that all of the events we are seeing on screen are actually the B-plot in this universe. And that there is a hidden A-plot that we don't know about yet, and it has to do with Adrian Vate, and it has to do with, uh, with, uh, uh, not Black Sister, Sister Knight's, um, yeah, grandfather, who is 103 years old and buddy buddy with the, uh, the huge tech corporation owned by Hong Chao's character, yeah, who, who idolizes Adrian Vate, yeah, who's building some weird monolithic time-telling device, which is very analogous to the comic book's Doomsday Clock. Um, yeah, and Dr. Manhattan's been living on Mars for 30 years. And we've seen video of him, so it's not like a fabrication. Well, that could be, but, you know. Right. Dr. Manhattan is still a player in this universe somehow. Right. Um, and Night Owl's in jail, it sounds like? Yeah. So, uh, I don't... I mean, that was definitely, like, coded speak in that scene in episode one. No. Three, three, yeah, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited to see what they where they go with it because I, I read the uh, Watchmen like DC crossover. Yeah, shit. Did you read any of that? No, but that that kind of fills in the gap between the graphic novel and the TV show. Yeah, and it's not great, but right. it's okay. It's a lot of Doctor Manhattan, Superman, shit. Right. It's 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 also a way that they can get Alan Moore's name at the fucking credits. Have you noticed that? Yeah. <laughs> 
He's not credited at all, which is probably fine because he's a crazy old bastard who fucking hates everything right. related to all of his works and thinks that people are stupid for liking what he does. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really interesting. I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to have like just incidental theories about what's going on because you just have to when you watch a show uh, with Lindelof running it. Um, I don't know if you TJ hasn't seen the last ten minutes of the most recent episode. So, did you see the catapult part? Uh, yeah, that's in three. Okay, yeah, uh, where it looks like he's catapulting these. Cl- so Ozymandias is creating clones in a lake, uh, in a bog. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but and then seemingly incinerating them for his own pleasure at times. Yeah, and then catapulting them into either space or what I think might be. So here's my dumb theory. <laughs> give me give me two minutes. All right, you got it. I think that Adrian Vate is in a interdimensional prison, and I think that he is in there by the making of somebody, uh, maybe Manhattan, okay. for, for what he did as uh, punishment. Uh, kind of like you've got the smartest man in the world with all the resources at his disposal. What would be the one thing that you could do to him that would actually punish him for slaughtering three million people, but that isn't so severe because he did stop? I mean, the world was on the brink of nuclear it saved destruction. The world. Yeah, um, and I think that he is in a prison in a like side universe and stuck in this Welsh-looking countryside. And what he's trying to do right now is test the limits and break out. Which is why he's catapulting his clones into the sky, and why they're seemingly disappearing once they hit a certain height. But that'd be awesome. That'd be neat. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down for that. <laughs> um, and why he's trying to build spacesuits out of fucking armor because that's all he has access to. Right. Um, is this weird like museum that he lives in where every day is his birthday? That's also weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess we didn't get like full confirmation that that is Adrian until episode four. When he puts on the Ozymandias armor. Uh, and when you see the statue. Right. That looks just like Jeremy Irons. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny also because there's some weird shit going on there where, uh, you know, Sister Knight says, uh, why, is he, why, is he, why does he look so old? Almost as if people don't know that there is an older version of Ozymandias. Right. Who was is presumed dead by everyone. Right. But has not been confirmed dead. They just like he's been missing for so long they're like, well, he's dead. There's also good to be an Ozymandias from another universe. Right. And not the same one that blew up the shit. Yeah, and if this whole other universe stuff sounds weird, it is completely justified in fiction by all the shit and the science that they do in the show. And, yeah. the, and in the graphic novel. Yeah, and the second graphic novel is all about dimension jumping. I okay. mean that's 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 how DC characters meet Watchmen characters. Okay. The Watchmen characters go to the dimension where the DC characters exist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they even they even talk about how some people are trying to make new fields, new field generators in the show in episode four. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we, we talked about a lot of the acting being really good, uh, and even though he died in episode two, I think. Mm-hmm. Don Johnson was so good in the first couple episodes. Don Johnson was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Don, jo- Don Johnson was so good, I wanted him to come back. Yeah. Uh, and Tim Blake Nelson's great. I love Looking Glass as a character. Yeah. Just like... And just red. I like both of them a lot. <laughs> yeah. And Pirate Jenny. <laughs> Pirate Jenny. This is what happens when you let adults make up their own superheroes. Um, but yeah. So I think it is a, a great show off to a great start. I know we don't have a ton more episodes left of it, but if you aren't watching Watchmen... Because I assume it's a eight episode run. None. Okay. If you're not watching it because you're worried that you need context, uh, you don't start. Just just start watching it. Yeah, because Sandra never read or watched, uh, and she's enjoying it. Fine. Cool. She's my litmus test for people who aren't fans of things because she's not a diehard fan of pretty much anything except for Halloween. Yeah, if you know Cass, this makes a little more sense. But she wants it to be weirder. <laughs> Which. <laughs> Yeah, like, sorry, it all can't be that weird. Wants more, <laughs> wants more squid rain. She loves the squid shit. Yeah, and, and loves Adrian. Everything to do with the Jeremy Iron storyline. Yeah, but she gets a little bored with like the detective stories. Yeah. Um. But anyway, TJ, take us into his dark materials. Oh uh, yeah, Chris hasn't seen this one, so I won't spend a ton of time on it. I'll just, um, uh, 
mention that it's really, really good so far. I'm a big fan of the Philip Pullman series, His Dark Materials. Was not a big fan of the Golden Compass movie. Um, there's lots of anti-religion in the book. Right. Not anti-Christianity per se. Yeah, and definitely not anti-faith. like Right. No, like, God is bad or God doesn't exist necessarily. Just anti-organized religion. And that was completely left out of the Golden Compass movie from a decade ago. Uh, It was not left out of this at all. Um, I mean, the the essential of the plot of His Dark Materials is there's uh, the stuff called dust that attaches to adults, not children, in a universe where everybody has demons and there is a definite cut between children and adults. And the main way you can tell that is the demons, which are animal companions... Familiars, uh, basically. Yeah. Uh, morph when you're a kid. And they change forms. and They can be any animal they want to be at any time. And once you get to be an adult, not a specific age, but once you get old enough, they settle, is what it's called. And uh, they essentially pick a form... And they stay that for the rest of your life. And it is literally your soul, is what the the demon is. Um, so in that world, you can go to the Northern Lights, take like special photographs of it, and essentially see a city in the sky. Which proves that the Magistorium, the essentially the Catholic Church uh, of this world, uh, doesn't have control over all living things. Which is a big deal. Because yeah. they're essentially running it like 1984 style. Um, so it starts there. There's a woman who adopts a girl who's the lead. Um, it's the actress from Logan who played uh, number the, the experiment. Yeah. Whatever her number was. X 86. No, that's when you can't serve anything in a restaurant. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Man, X 86. We're out of 86. Oh no. That means we have everything. 86, the X, X, the 86. I don't know. Um, but yeah, James McAvoy plays her, uh, she calls him her uncle, but this guy who finds the city in the sky, and right now she's going with essentially a bunch of gypsies, this girl is, to try to find a bunch of kids that have been taken by a mysterious group that they're all calling Gobblers. The Gobblers. They're not, yeah. The Gobblers. The Gobblers took him. They did. That's super fucking British, by the way. <laughs> it is so British. So, uh, so far it takes place in Oxford, London, and the North Pole. <laughs> um, but no, it's really good. It's doing a great job with the books. If you're fans of those books, uh, you'll like the show a lot better than that shit movie that came out a decade or so ago. <laughs> it's Daphne Keene is the, uh, the actress who plays X-23 in Logan and the main character in, uh, in His Dark Materials. Nice, yeah. And you get uh, James McAvoy plays the uncle. The mom, which is Nicole Kidman, who, I guess if you even saw the trailers for the old movie, you uh, know that that's kind of the big bad. Yeah. Um, uh, Ruth Wilson. Yeah, and you would recognize her. Yeah, Ruth Wilson, saving Mr. Banks, but if you watch Luther, she's uh, uh, Alice Morgan in Luther, kind of like the yeah. sociopath sidekick in that. Man, I've done a good job of removing most of Luther from my memory. God, just because it was so, it's so good. It was just so hard, show. so hard to watch, man. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's 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 funny. There's I'm trying to find this actor's name, so I'm sorry. I'm just like stumbling through all this. Yes. Uh, when I read the book for the first time when I was like 20 years old, so almost 15 years ago, that's the guy I pictured as the guy he's playing. <laughs> it's James Cosmo. Which the the first time that I ever saw him in a movie. He plays the Scottish dad of the two Scottish guys in Braveheart. Yes, <laughs> I think it's, it's him and uh, and uh, uh, Gleason. Uh, yeah, Brendan. Brendan Gleason. Yeah, as the father son pair in Braveheart. And he's also, uh, I'm sure a bunch of these people were, but he's also in a. He was in GOT. Yeah, um, he played. Um, shit, that's gonna annoy the shit out of me. Who <laughs> he played in Game of Thrones? Yeah. Uh, I can just scroll down in the filmography instead of making you flounder. <laughs> like a fucking idiot. <laughs> we don't have anyone to fill. Um, he played J.R. Mormont. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Uh, so that's, that's why I couldn't remember. Yeah. He died in season two or whatever. Um, yeah. So it's really good. And also, we, we haven't gotten Lin-Manuel Miranda yet. 
but he plays a uh, essentially a balloon expert. <laughs> Not like blow-up balloons, but like hot air balloons. <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> but he's the EP for the show. That was his big thing. And they were like, oh, be in it, please. And he picked a character who'd probably be like, I don't know, 20th build. Yeah. So. I mean, he's not in the first list of like 15 names. So He's a recurring or guest character. In the first season, anyway. He plays a bigger role in uh, the later books. Yeah. The Spyglass? Is that one of them? Uh, yeah, it's the Crystal Spyglass and the Subtle Knife, I okay. think. The Amber Spyglass. Amber Spyglass. Um, but, yeah, check it out. It's uh, really well done. I mean, the, the amount of money that HBO and, and Netflix and Amazon and everybody is dumping into all this shit is fucking great. So you're essentially getting miniseries instead of movies for things that you always thought should have a miniseries instead of a movie. Yeah. And they're able to do a lot more detail in... I mean, it's about 100 pages per hour so far for his Golden Compass, which is super fucking detailed. Um... If anybody out there wants to read it, you can borrow the books from me. <laughs> or or literally go to any thrift store. All three of them are always there. They are always there. <laughs> yeah. You can buy the whole... Well, you can't buy the whole Twilight set because I made that that dark pact one day that if everything from Twilight was ever at a, at, at a single Goodwill, then I would force myself to buy them and then read them. Um, yeah. I think <laughs> I've got one copy that I've read. It's in my bedroom. I'm reading the Amber's Five Glass right now. And then I've got... Unopened another trilogy. Just if anybody wants to take it, it was unopened at Goodwill. Yeah. I wasn't going to not buy it. Yeah, come Rob TJ. His address is 123 uh, Excellent Dude Lane. Also, take Son of a Witch and Wicked in the last Hunger Games book. You can hey, have all those. Anyway. <laughs> uh, cool. TJ owns books. Um, but actually, anyway, so check out these three shows. But actually, books are cool. Uh, <laughs> We are huge fans of it and are kind of overwhelmed right now with uh, how many great TV shows are out. We're leaving out so many uh, that we'll probably need the full cast of characters here to, to actually uh, fully explore. Um, but definitely check these three out. Uh, and we'll wait and see if anything becomes water cooler talk or if y'all listening want us to spend more time on anything. Uh, uh, me and Chris, I'm sure, are happy to do the little Monday one-offs again for anything. So Yeah. Let us know. But this is the part of the show where we talk about... Uh, sexual assault. Sexual assault. Uh, reality Roundup. No joking. We are talking about uh, Survivor. Oh, man. It was brutal. Yeah. It's a little rough. I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. I don't either. I spent so much time bitching at the internet, just yelling into the void. Yeah. We, we've written a lot about it. I, if you're not fans of Survivor, then you know everything's time-stamped. But if you are, I feel like this is a... Uh, a dour note for the show um, where in a in what was originally a and still is a psychological experiment of what happens when you put these people on an island with next to nothing and they have to compete and vote each other out for whatever reasons and the last one remaining gets a million dollars we're kind of seeing a perfect facsimile of the United States before the Me Too movement really took hold where we have a group of people a majority that is in power, who has uh, now silenced somebody who raised allegations of unwanted touching by a member of the opposite sex. Uh, after she was silenced, the people who then championed her cause are now slowly, one by one, being meted out and uh, taken for execution and uh, being voted off the island as well. And it looks like, systematically, we will be left with a cast of all people who are either... Uh, directly sexual assault apologists uh rape story uh fabricators uh or uh willfully ignorant of uh a person that they know who has committed uh unwanted sexual advances or not sexual but unwanted advances yeah unwanted touching at the very very minimum towards somebody who is otherwise powerless to do anything about it so it feels that way anyway, which is common. Yep. So yeah, I think if you've gotten onto the Facebook groups or just know Chris and I at all, you know how we feel about all this. So we won't harp on that too much. Uh, me and you both, I think, considered kind of stopping watching if it continues down the road it's on. I don't know that it's going to do that. I think there's a solid chance we don't see Dan again you think on he's TV. Quietly removed from the show, maybe. Um, 
it's definitely something that if they were going to do that, I would have hoped they don't make a spectacle of it. Um, cause not because he doesn't deserve to be called out in public for what he's doing and for not knowing that it's wrong, even though the person he is touching is telling him it's wrong, which literally mm-hmm. no other opinion matters at that point. Right. Um, so I'm excited to see if they lose. <laughs> I would right. be very, very happy. Yes. Uh, at that point. And I'm kind of with you. If Dan makes it to the final three with like Elizabeth and Missy, who are the, the two big, uh, people that I might have more beef with than Dan. Right. Um, they're ones who essentially, if you don't watch the show and you're listening for some reason, uh, played up the story that Dan was doing that to get other people to vote for Dan against what those people wanted to do to win the game. Right. Um, pretty much said, look, we got to vote out this guy. He's super creepy and is touching girls when they don't want to be touched. And then we can keep playing the game. People did that and those people went home. Um, so... I mean, Kelly didn't even want to vote out Dan. Right. She was going to vote out Missy and then somebody else. Right. So, Dan, I mean, it was very fucked up. Uh, I'm interested to see, because Survivor is about this line and you how close you can get to it and still win. Because your peers are voting for you to win at some point. Right. And you have to lie, obviously, in that show. I'm interested if this line gets crossed. I think it would be interesting to see, like, Karishma, who is, sucks at this game and every facet of it, if she would get votes over these people who, I mean, there's no, nothing, no reason you have to have to not vote or vote for somebody in Survivor. Right. You can do it for literally anything. Yeah. The part the, the goal is to get to the final three and not have pissed off enough people to win. Um, and I mean, if I was on the jury and I wanted my $50,000 or whatever their appearance fee is, I would totally go and just, I'd be like, I'm not saying that I can't forgive you, Elizabeth and Dan, but there's literally nothing you can say to make me vote for you. Right. I'm voting for Christian no matter what happens. Yeah. At this final travel. Yeah. And yeah. I would watch that and be very, very excited and happy if that happened. If they were all just like, sorry, y'all fuck y'all cross the line. Yeah. And Karishma, you're gonna win a million dollars. Yeah. Like I would I would love that. There is cried happy tears. There is a really interesting moment and if I stop watching the show after the next episode um, which I very well might do. Um, if the the two episodes that I will tune back in for are the ones where the people who uh, were effectively silenced will get a voice again, and that's going to be at the jury interview and the reunion. Yeah. Because I want to know, I, I want to see power given back to the voice of the person who alleged that somebody was inappropriately touching them. Yeah. Because under the dumb rules of the game, she had to sit there and she had to watch the person who she felt uncomfortable around, who she felt crossed the line, lie to her, lie to the television, lie to Jeff Probst, lie to the castmates, yeah. and say that she that she invited the advances. Right. Like, that's disgusting. Yeah. And I think that CBS should be fucking ashamed of itself. Yeah. If it gives that man a million dollars. Yeah. Like they, That's sh- why I, uh, they should they should catapult him <laughs> with Adrian Vates machine into space. Yeah. Yeah. Like some somewhere like Weinstein is fucking applauding CBS. Yeah. Yeah, it's real fucked up. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just don't know what else to say about it. I am more excited to watch the program, but there's a lot that needs to happen for me to keep watching. Uh, and I'll definitely watch the last night. But see, I worry too about him getting voted off. Uh, if you don't know, they all go and stay in this like mansion on uh, and feed together. They call it Ponderosa. And like, she doesn't need to be staying in the house with him. Yeah. Especially when there aren't fucking cameras. Yeah. And you know, the like thing- this was him muffled. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and th- th- this is the thing that, that pisses me off, too, about CBS in particular, is, you know, you told me that CBS tweeted that it takes these, quote, allegations very seriously. Yeah. And, and you were like, you made a good point. These are not allegations. Oh, Kelly made that point. Kelly retweeted. Yeah. Kelly from Survivor, not guest Kelly. Yeah. Uh, retweeted that, and she was like, this is fucked up, because they're not allegations. Yeah. They happened on television. 
You can go back and watch them anytime you want. Yeah. You can watch her. You can watch him touch me, then me say, I don't like being touched, and then him touch me more. Yeah. <laughs> you can see me bring it up with other castmates, and other castmates say, yes, this is an experience that I have with him as well. Right. And then you can see him deny it. Yeah. And, like, it's it's all there. Yeah. So, I don't understand what allegations there are, unless CBS and producers and the editors are just removing the portions where Kelly was like, yeah, you can rub my hair. Right. Which they're fucking not doing. Right. There's no way they're doing that. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, the only other thing that was really pissing me off about Elizabeth is she was she had this quote that really annoyed me that she was uncomfortable, but she never felt endangered. And it's like, yeah, that's not okay. Yeah. Why draw the line there? Yeah. Like, you, you personally, that's fine. You personally, if you're fine with that. Yeah. But do not take that away from somebody else. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uncomfortable is enough. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's it's just really rough, and I think that the, the, that obviously the most unfortunate thing that happened was the actual unwanted advances. But I think the next thing is that all the people that stood up and said, "Let's stop thinking about the game for one vote. Let's get rid of this person who makes people uncomfortable," and it should be simple. And let's make everyone feel comfortable again, and make this a game again for everyone, and not people fearing for their safety. Uh, those people who stood up and said that are now being voted off one by one because the three vote getters the only ones who receive votes the next vote yeah it was Jamal Janet Karishma yeah yeah so uh, yeah it's uh, heartbreaking also like uh, I'm not I mean Kelly went home with two idols in her pocket uh, because the game was probably the furthest thing from her like mind at that point yep like I don't know I was talking to Brent about it and I was like it seems Fair because everything's fair, so there's that side of it, but also like really fucked up enough to where like, I mean, I don't like. What if you were just like psychologically torturing this person the entire time they're on Survivor? Is that what CBS wants this game to be now? Yeah, because that's or, what's happening. Or like the times where we've seen people actually being fucking bullied, right? And those that has gotten handled before, and that's why I want to give CBS another couple of weeks because I bet they thought. This will police itself. It always has before. Right. Uh, Varner, there was no vote. Yeah. They were just like, we got to get him the fuck off the island right now. Jeff was like, do we even need to vote? Right. And they were like, no. And he's like, does everyone agree Varner is going home? And everyone was like, yep. Yeah. Like, Varner would have voted for himself at that point too, I think. Because that was way different than this. That was a momentary lapse of like, oh, I fucked up real bad. But Dan doesn't think he made any mistakes. Right. So there's an issue there. And there are people with, on that tribe that don't think he did either. Right. And... Uh, like I said, this kind of thing has happened in Survivor before, and those people will get voted out immediately. And I think CBS thought that was going to happen. And then it didn't, and they were like, no, fuck. Yeah. Now we have to do something or not? We don't know. They, they put themselves in a corner thinking the show was going to police itself. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, CBS didn't flash up the hashtag blindside when Kelly went home. Yeah. Like, they know what's going on, yeah. and then it's not fucking good. Right. Uh, it's, it is it is an interesting line, I think, that's being drawn in the sand here of what, what kind of show, what, what kind of demographic does CBS want for this show? Yeah. They've always done a pretty responsible job of making sure that for every, every Zeke Warner moment where you have somebody who admits they made a mistake that, that you have them like have the dialogue about why it's wrong and why why it could be that someone doesn't know. Like you're pulling people out of Middle America, out of like Deep South, who are admitting to their ignorance, and people from the other side who are saying, "I understand your point of view too." And they've always done a, I think, a very good job of having actual human moments about this stuff. Yeah, nothing about this seems human. No, it just seems barbaric. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, they had a whole fucking season where it was, where the, the premise was a race war where it was right. whites versus blacks versus Asians. Yeah. And I think that this will be a bigger blunder if things continue course. Yeah. And if they have to go in there and rectify something, they have to go in there and rectify something. I don't know. I mean, I don't think you can remove Missy or Elizabeth and I don't want them removed, but 
uh, Dan needs to be out of there. I mean, how does the jury questioning go? If you're sitting, if Dan's there, and there's two people, I don't give a shit who they are. Uh, do people in the jury, I mean, do the people in their final speeches go, hey, vote for me to win a million dollars because I didn't sexually assault anyone. And then, like, that's all you have to say to cut Dan out of the fucking vote. Yeah, I mean, again, Dan has moved, he's not getting votes from Jack, Kelly, Janet, Jamal, or Karishma. Yeah. So, I mean, I would like to think they would just be like, well, I don't have any questions for Dan because there's nothing he can say to get me to vote for him. Right. I need to focus on that right now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll, we would just have to see, I suppose. Yeah. It's uh, annoying, to say the least. I just don't know how... I don't know how they'll, they'll move forward, but it'll have to be CBS... If Dan's still on the show, CBS will have to do something because the game's not being played at that point. There's bigger shit afoot. Yeah. So, we'll see. Yep. Hey, TJ, you got any TGZ? What? <laughs> gross. <laughs> gross, I think. Nobody um, breezy. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, I'm trying, I've, I've been reading a lot about MCU shit and what's coming out. Uh... And I guess phase five, is that where we are, or is it still phase four? Can we just call it phase one, part two, or or like, can we just like reset? Yeah, I don't know. There's, well, I was under the impression, uh, ignorantly so, that a lot of these series were going to be coming out now. Right, when Disney Plus launched. Uh, so I thought we were going to get our Hawkeye series, which isn't coming out until like late 2020. I yeah. thought we were going to get WandaVision, which isn't coming out until summer 2020. And I thought we were going to get... Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which isn't coming out until a couple of months from now. Okay. Um, I was really excited to see all those shows because I bet they're going to be really good and they're going to be the same caliber of film that the MCU movies are. Yeah. Which is like fucking Pixar. It's just like, well, sometimes they're not great, but they're never bad. Yeah. Well, they are destroying cinema. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other time. <laughs> Scorsese is trying to backtrack now when he realized that, oh, I want the Irishman to win awards. And literally everybody in Hollywood <laughs> works for the Marvel like Cinematic Universe now. Yeah. Uh, that award show on ABC, which is owned by Disney, Pixar. Yeah. Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. I'm just kidding. Kind of. I forget what exactly he said. I think he backed it off too when DiCaprio and De Niro both came out and they were like, no, definitely cinema. <laughs> <laughs> they're they are technically movies. Yeah. Um well the the big thing with that that was so dumb was he said that there there's no character development and then he said he'd never watched them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they're chock full of characters. Like, Iron Man's got one of the best story arcs from Iron Man One to Endgame. Yeah. Ever. I mean it's great. It's I mean, no, it's not A fucking... war profiteer turned pacifist? Like that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh but anyway, sorry. Self-preservationist who kills himself literally to save the world. Like, yeah. That's great. Uh, so, I don't know. Now, I, I had this plan of what I was going to watch. And don't get me wrong. Thank fucking God those TV shows aren't out right now. I don't have enough time to watch everything that's out. But uh, So, I'm kind of in a, in a, in a wait and see with, with them. I'm super excited about all the MCU movies that are coming out in the next couple of years. Yeah. There's some fucking cool ones that are like, you know, they're pushing the all-female movie. They're pretty sure that's going to happen now probably in like 2022 or 2023. Yeah. I'm excited about Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder is going to be good. I'm excited for the return of Natalie Portman. I kind of like that character. Yeah. Um, Jane Pittman? <laughs> I forget. Jane, what is her last name? She's Dr. Jane... I forget. Whatever. Um, but there's and, there's theories that she's going to take up the mantle as female Thor, kind of tracking with the comic books. Yeah, which is because because I think Thor's kind of a guardian now. Yeah, <laughs> which will be fun. He's yeah. going to be in Guardians Three, I know. Um, so that'll be fun. Yeah, but yeah, other than that, with the MCU thing, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm super excited to see where it goes now. I finally watched. We'll talk about it more next week when we do our movie watch list, since it's been a month since we've talked about anything new. But I finally watched Far From Home. Okay. Yes, Far From Home. Uh, have you seen it yet? No. Uh, it's good. Uh, but there's lots of little nods to Endgame, which is fun. Like, there's the, the documentary on the airplane that's showing is like a Nova with uh, Stellan Skarsgård as the host. Cool. And uh, they do a good job with all that shit. Um, lots of, like, Iron Man statues yeah. around. Kind of opening the door to the next phase. Yeah. Um, and another great, I read a huge article, uh, I shared it, I think, to Movies By Us about ad-lib lines and the Marvel Universe, 
And another great one was in <laughs> Far From Home, which was Spider-Man telling Samuel L. Jackson, like, I don't really want to do anything. I just want to go on this field trip for school. And Samuel L. Jackson responded with, bitch, you've been in space. <laughs> which is great. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, other than that, I'm, I'm, I've found a list in Brent fashion, but not as great as some oracles that Brent has created. Um, I told mentioned earlier in passing, I've got a Star Wars order I'm going to watch them in, which excludes episode one altogether. Uh, and essentially, <laughs> it essentially puts uh, three right after Empire. Okay. So you realize that Darth Vader is Luke's dad. And then you see. And then you flash back to the Darth Vader story. It actually removes one and two. So. Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it really, it's like, the, what's the, is it the Topher Grace who had the cut yeah. that he made? Where all you get from one is the Duel of the Fates, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and the, the race. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you get from one. <laughs> but there's, anyway, there's a list I uh, found, a guy on Reddit shared, um, I'll share his post if I share it online, but it's uh, every MCU property uh, in chronological order. Cool. Um, so I'm thinking of... Giving that a go. I mean, it's a lot of shit because it's all the Netflix shows and all the Agents of Shield. Does but he breaks include, it down by episode. Oh, um, does it include Agent Carter? Because that's now available, and I missed that one. Yeah, Agent Carter is the first thing after the first Avenger. Oh, awesome. Um, so I'm gonna slowly give that a go. I think since we're in this like lull, yeah, uh, in MCU property releases. But yeah, it starts with, and we just got them all released to uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, everything but Far From Home is on. And Disney Plus. Hulk isn't. Oh, which Hulk? The one that's in the MCU. Oh, uh, the Edward Norton one? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I know like why some shit isn't. Like The Last Jedi's not on there on Disney Plus right now because it's still under contract with Netflix. Right. Um, but I don't know why Hulk's not because Hulk's literally not streaming on anything. I think HBO has it right now. Oh, I, mean, I watched it recently. Watched parts of it recently. This is probably the MCU movie I'm like most removed from. Uh, see him. It's also the one that was like backdoored into the MCU. So like after Iron Man came out, they were like, yeah, 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 that Hulk's canon. Well, Hulk came out after Iron Man 2. Oh, Iron Man 2. After Iron, after Man, Iron Man as well. Okay. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm going to toy with that idea. I'll share it online if anybody has the fucking computer to look at it. <laughs> no, the dumb idea to try to watch it all. Oh. Um, Philip, we're talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it looks fun and I like that they split the TV shows up because that can get a little... Some of those TV shows got a little taxing at times. You don't love Earthquake, the character? <laughs> I was such a big fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. until that shit started happening. Yeah, I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. up until she went to the, to the superhero compound. That's that, when it starts to get shitty. And it started to get shitty, and I was like, eh. It was so good before that, though. Yeah. Like, the first season's great. Uh, and the heel turn at the end is great. Oh, does it include the uh, the Netflix shows? Mm-hmm. Then you gotta watch them quick. There's no guarantee they're gonna be on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, they're original Netflix produced shows. What happens if you download something on Netflix and then it takes it off? I don't know. I don't know either. But you could find them in, with using illegal means. <laughs> I I don't know if they're gonna. Physical move. jokes are great for yeah. augers. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with, like, Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Um, but I hope they move over to Disney+, Plus because I really like those shows. Um, Defenders and Kung Fu bullshit sucked, but Iron Fist, uh, but whatever. And the Punisher one was, the first season was really good, second season was okay. Yeah. Um, I never watched the shitty one. Yeah, you watched everything but Iron Fist? No, I watched, oh. uh, all I watched was Daredevil. And the first season of Jessica Jones. Okay. So the three best things, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in Luke Cage. I just, I don't know. I kind of want to read a little bit about Iron Fist, the comic, before I watch the show, just because I have no idea what it is. Yeah. Um, but isn't that like Renly's lover? Is that the guy who plays Iron Fist? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. The brother? Loris. Yeah. From Game of Thrones? Yeah. yeah. No, our friend Renly's lover. <laughs> The the Knight of Flowers? Is that what they call him? I thought it was just the Flower Knight. Flower Knight? I don't know. They made flowers on each other's tummies. Uh, do you want to tell me what to watch next week? I do. Why don't you write down a time real quick, and then we'll 
How slow should I write it down? Should I narrate that I'm writing it down? <laughs> I was just going to say, wait, and we'll pause it, and we'll start it again. We'll just delete this part. No, no, we're not going to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're going to sit and vamp. 2019. <laughs> first showing. Um, Sponsor us first showing. Yeah, the the Danny Rand story could have been so so much cooler, but there's, there's so much of the Netflix series that focus on Jerry Hobarth, the lawyer who's kind of in the middle of all of them. When they should have focused on Rosario Dawson's character, the night nurse, who like patches them up and doesn't ask any questions. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. That's why. That's why I'm talking about it while you're distracted by your iPad and looking shit up. You totally look it up. I'm actually filling time appropriately, and you're giving me shit about it. All right, we got it. Here we go. All right, you got three things to watch. Uh... A sequel to a little indie movie that came out a few years ago. It was actually pretty good. Frozen 2 is is coming out. I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, Also, you get A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Oh, that's that Tommy Hanks movie, right? Tom Hanks as uh, Fred Rogers. Uh, Both those will, I can pretty much 100% guarantee you, be nominated for some kind of Oscar. Yeah. As I typed 21 Oscars into my iPad now. I'm just kicking ass today. Uh, the other movie you can go see is 21 Bridges, action thriller starring Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, he plays a bad guy? Expertly trained NYPD detective Andre Davis puts all of New York City on lockdown in order for him and the authorities to defeat a duo of cop killers. Okay. Yeah, so they close all the bridges in coming out of Manhattan Island. Oh, weird. They give detectives the power to do that now? Yeah. <laughs> in New York, you can just shut down the biggest city in the world? You saw Dark Knight Rises, right? Uh, I did. Oh, but that's Gotham. That, that, that's not New York. Yeah. Sorry. Loser. But anyway, what are you going to pick? Uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I'm going to pick Frozen 2. Right. I don't like Frozen 1 that much. I think that they're going to reveal that Anna has fire powers. I think every feel... time I tell that to Kelly, she calls me stupid and says there's no basis for that. <laughs> and I don't care. I think they're going to reveal uh, that when they go see the troll doctor wizards, that the uh, that it's actually going to be trolls too, the movie. That's how they're going to get the Trolls 2 money up. Frozen 2 comes in, but nope, just kidding, it's Trolls 2. People keep inserting Trolls 2 in my life, and I don't understand why. Um, well, you going to see it by yourself? Mm, yep. <laughs> I'm going to watch it on my phone in the bathroom. I'm taking too long of a poop, and both my legs are going to fall asleep. <laughs> this has been Talkie Talk, podcastingmediabias.com. <laughs> you can check us out on Facebook. we got a bunch of stuff. We've got lots of discussion threads going on, especially in the TV Bias page. Um, send us an email. You know where to email us, mediabias.gmail.com. Uh, give us a rating. We really appreciate that. Um, you can find us on Twitter also uh, at the Media Bias. We own all of our handles. Um, <laughs> special thanks to Willow Walkers for the intro music. Willow Walkers! We really appreciate that. And Boo Reaver for Boo the Reaver. outro. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, DJ. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town, slow pokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All the things that I know.